Hello, everybody. Welcome to Push a Shout. This week it's episode 66, and we have stuff going on, finally. Or at least oh, stuff that I care about, which, let's be honest, is all that matters. There's like one let's thing. Well, two things, maybe. <laughs> all right. What do you mean, Noah? We'll get to it. We'll get to that stuff. Um, I don't have a lot to talk about. I actually have almost nothing to talk about. I spent most of my weekend playing The Witcher 3. And I've spent most of my week watching wrestling. And there's really not anything to say about either of those. So, Well, that's boring. Turn. I'm sure you'll <laughs> find something to say about wrestling eventually. You, I, you yeah, usually I'll sneak it in there. I let people anticipate it the whole podcast. And then, you know, three quarters of the way there through you go. it. Something I to look forward to, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We always have the listener in mind here. Yeah. Well, I was actually... Uh, doing quite a few video game related things. Uh, I finished Earthbound. Oh, okay. Uh, wow. Uh, it was it was better than I thought it would be, and I was already in love with it. Just it blew me away. Seriously. All uh, right. I'm okay with limited spoilers because it's a yeah, very it's... old game. I'll basically keep this limited to stuff you've probably already heard, um, plot wise. It's pretty common knowledge that the game ends with a, a pretty disturbing final boss, um, that things take a dark turn. And I, I, I had that in mind. I knew that and had seen the picture of it, but the actual execution of it was still... Um, I was caught off guard by it. It was genuinely disturbing, and disturbing in a way that video games really don't do well, which is subtle. It's very subtle, and it creeps up on you, which is one of the best things Earthbound has going for it, is that it's not like, okay, here's this happy, humorous game, and then it takes a dark turn. It's, it's very easy to, I don't know, not see it coming. It just slowly creeps in, and then by the end, you're like, when did this get here? And the final boss itself is... I, I was shocked by the execution of it. I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't actually seen it, but even if you're not going to play the game, you should at least see that because it's very. What would very... you say the tone of the overall tone of Earthbound is? Like, is it a lighthearted game, or does it? Earthbound is. I, I really want to make a video or something about this because I have a lot to say about it. But I think at its core, it's a game about home leaving home and being distant from it and the terror that comes with that and then coming back and remembering where you came from and putting it all back in perspective. Okay. It The world that you go out into when you leave home in Earthbound is wacky and zany and interesting and colorful and humorous and it's also home to some genuine horror and at the end you i don't want to just spoil what happens at the end but thematically it all comes back to home and it's um it's just really impressive very very well written um especially the ending that's really all i want to say but even if you think you know how that game ends unless you've actually seen it Maybe this isn't your experience. Maybe you haven't heard as much about it as I did before. I mean, I, I know very little about Earthbound. Okay, okay. Um, but I knew that there was a crazy, disturbing final boss. That's about all I knew. And I was anticipating that. And I was still genuinely surprised by the way it was done. Um, it's not heavy-handed. It's it's almost more disturbing the way they kind of like casually introduce this... like true cosmic horror <laughs> like you meet the substance of evil itself and it it yeah man it's it's amazing it's an amazing game i finished it right. it was great and i started mother 3 mother All 3 right. is the unreleased in the united states as of now they're apparently planning to release it this year uh but that's not confirmed yet um but as of now it has no official localization using the fan translation thing. And already I'm surprised by how much more polished it is. It was a Game Boy Advance game. And this mm. is after Earthbound was very successful in Japan. So, yeah, I mean, it's 
Earthbound is a rough game in a lot of ways. Uh, you can tell that most of the budget went to filling it with content and the music. The sprites themselves are pretty lifeless. Very little moves around in Earthbound. Mother 3 is the complete opposite. It feels like a extremely well-polished game with all of the great stuff from Earthbound. So I'm really liking that. And the I story... remember... No, go ahead. I, I remember the leap to Game Boy Advance being like a huge deal it was to people even 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 comparing it to consoles that you plug into your tv there was something about it was like they put an effort into making those the games the first games for that system kind of mind-blowing especially for the fact that they're handheld and i it was just i i i i was thinking about that earlier today actually there was a tony hawk port for the game boy advance and it was just one I of the Tony that. Hawk games, yeah. and it was it was like an isometric kind of thing, and there was the there was like the level builder and everything. Like it was the amount of shit coming out for that game that you never even imagined you would be playing on a handheld console was just it was mind blowing to me. I, I I was I was I, I was amazed by that shit. Yeah, that I remember playing the shit out of that game on my Game Boy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, but go on. Mother Three came out. When the DS was already out. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't and know that. Earthbound was the same way. Like, the Nintendo 64 was just coming out when they released it. So it's like yeah. an end of console cycle Interesting. level of polish. Like, it is beautifully animated. Just the sprites are some of the best sprite art I've ever seen. Um, not like the how realistic or something it looks, but um, just the detail put into it. You play as many different characters just in the couple chapters I've played. You kind of cycle through. It's kind of interesting, very unlike uh, the other games in the series. And one character walks with a limp, and they actually have his sprite represent that very accurately. <laughs> uh, and every every sprite has a forward-facing, a back-facing, left and right, and then diagonal, too all with unique sprite animations. So they've gone and made this guy limp accurately for all the different directions you could move, which is, it sounds like it's not that big a deal. But for Earthbound, they were trying to figure out, oh, we can't put a P on this guy's shirt because when he walks the other way, we're just going to flip him around and he'll read as a backwards P. So we got to put yeah. an M on his shirt instead so it looks fine. That is not a problem for Mother 3. Mother 3, you can tell, got love, like, technical polish love it's great it's a great game interesting uh i'm excited and i don't want to talk too much more about it i uh, picked up another I forgot game though. to mention no, go ahead I, hold on before you get to that because you're mentioning those things i um i forgot to mention this because i only really played maybe an hour of it but i started lisa finally Ooh. uh what did you think of that beginning oh it was it was yeah it, it was interesting it's cool it's uh, the part that that has struck me like the hardest was uh, you get to like there's like a group of kids with a teacher or something yes. like that, and they catch on fire. Well, they don't just catch on fire. <laughs> well, well, there's a little fire, and the teacher asks you to put it out with a bucket of water, and he says, "Use that bucket of water to put out the fire." And and it's like this is like still the beginning of the game, so it's still like tutorializing and stuff. And you pick up the nearest bucket and throw it on the fire. And and he goes, oh my god, you idiot! That was gasoline, and all the kids light on fire. And then you have to go get the bucket of water, which is like up three flights <laughs> of ladders. And by the time you get back down, they're all just ashes. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, it's it's some dark humor. Definitely. <laughs> I also liked uh, there was one there was one part where you're just like moving right to get to the next area, and when you get to the next screen, like it's a screen by screen. 2d game and you get to the next screen and there's like no space at all and then you fall off a cliff and so if you're just holding down right you just mm -hmm. fall off the cliff <laughs> it was like right after your first save save point too there was but, like uh, some yeah. polygon or kataki one of those places rock paper shotgun maybe article one of those places Ugh. that was like shitting all over the game because they were stupid enough to like die four times before the first real save point Damn, I don't even know how that's possible. Like the first save point is like there's hardly anything before that. Whatever. Um, yeah, I I'm looking forward to playing that game. It seems it seems like a lot of fun. Um, and there was oh yeah, and I finished up Super Hot 
and it does have a lot of extra content, which is like challenges. There's challenges and there's endless endless modes, and the challenges are uh, the challenges are like uh, I'm so sorry. What? You just keep talking. Okay, the challenges are like um, the it's the main game, and you just go through the main levels and. Okay, sorry. I, I'm seeing a delay of of Mike here, and we're we're unprofessional here on the podcast. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I don't even know. I'm not, I'm not talking to Mike right now, am I? I hate this. We're coming alive from Mike's uh, parents' house, I think. So I guess that's what's going on. He's getting berated by his parents. But anyway, so the main the main missions it's the main missions of Super Hot with like restrictions applied or certain elements changed and it'll be like you can only use a katana and you go through all the main levels with just the katana but it gets really repetitive because the katana is not that much fun and you're going through the same levels that you've already, I mean it's fun when it's like a it's novelty but then you're going through the same levels that you've already been through and so it's not a super super it's not super hot it's not uh it's not very interesting because Part of that game is like the puzzle of figuring out the sequence that you kill enemies and stuff. And although the challenges restrict you in such a way that you can, you have to kill the enemies in a different way maybe than you did the first time, it doesn't really, doesn't really work. I I didn't enjoy it very much. Um, but the endless mode yeah. is really fun. The endless mode, you're that. back. Yeah, that was a kind of big deal. You, you made me. Sc- you made me scrum scramble to uh yeah I'm sorry pick up the pieces wait. you left left me with but, uh yeah they Was, were there up, a bunch like, of kids on fire yeah to not give too much detail um they screwed up like my mom's prescription for something oh and you know so she wanted to know if I was been like hoarding her drugs or something but oh my god yeah uh so you were caught so red-handed odd, but you came but up it, with it wasn't excuse. something I could like you know blow off and keep so I'm sorry about that <laughs> all right. Well, what anyway. I was saying was that the challenge mode just goes through the main levels of the game, and so it's kind of repetitive. It, it applies restrictions where like you can only use one weapon or something, but it's it's just not very much fun. I don't I don't like the challenge mode very much. Um, but there's the endless mode where it spawns in random enemies in random spots around like a little a little map, and you just get as far as you can without dying, and that that is a lot of fun. Like that's something I can see myself coming back to occasionally. But it still needs a leaderboard system. It still needs something that you can compare to your friends and stuff, like your times and all that. Because it it feels like what you're doing is just kind of competing against yourself, which eh, I I would rather be able to compete against other people and see how I'm doing compared to friends and stuff. But but yeah, it's a cool game. Um, I still say people should wait wait for that to come on sale, but it's still a must buy. Just don't buy it at full price. Uh, and that's that's it. So go back to whatever else you have to say. Sounds fair. Okay. Um. Well, I also got the new Fire Emblem game to round out the Japanese garbage I'm consuming lately. Uh, so if you haven't played Fire Emblem, which I don't think you have, no, and I imagine many listeners haven't either, um, they're strategy games, turn-based strategy games. You have units and a little like XCOM, except the you know units are named characters and everything. Anyway, for a while, it was very tactical, and strict with the strategy it made you use. Um, you had a limited amount of levels and a limited amount of enemies per level, so you can't grind for experience ever. You have to be very careful about, oh, uh, am I going to have this unit kill this guy so he can get the experience, or I better let this strong guy back off because I don't want him soaking up that extra. You know, you have to very carefully consider the growth of your characters and stuff, except in Awakening, which is the last one on the 3DS, which is the most popular one. Um, so that came out and simplified everything. There's grinding now. It's easy street. Even the harder modes are still somewhat casualized. It's not a big problem, but it was a significant departure from how the series has always been. And this time, they've released two different versions of the game, almost like Pokemon, uh, where one is like the easy mode that's like awakening where you can grind, you can, you know, do all that kind of stuff that is in the new one. And then there's the other, which is the one I got called conquest. And that's 
it's well it's it's like it used to be limited experience a diversity of objectives and the other ones the only objective is basically kill all the enemies um this version has like defense and you know it's a more rounded strategy experience so i'm pretty glad that they gave that option to people like me who want to play that but each version of the game costs forty dollars each it's a handheld strategy game uh, i and thought to by get versions of the game i thought you routes. really meant just like they were difficulty levels and that was it no 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 they're po like pokemon versions of the game okay except there's substantial differences between them and each one has a game's worth of content oh. like fire emblem awakening was so wildly popular that it is now like with pokemon as their flagship handheld thing so they, when they saw how successful Awakening was, they poured a lot of money into Fates, which is the collective umbrella for the versions they're releasing. And they hired like some famous pulp light novel writer in Japan to like write the story for it, and it's a big deal. A lot of money went into. What is this. the story? If I know that this can get complicated story, with okay, Japanese games, don't, don't even worry about it. The story <laughs> has always been, it's it's just like an anime story not like <laughs> in how it is but in just what it needs to be yeah it's always just what it needs to be is serviceable there's something there some substance stuff you can care about like the basics a main character who you can get behind and awakening was pretty empty even in that regard that it didn't even have like a, a good satisfying anime story <laughs> it was very thin it was mainly about the gameplay and yeah this time there there is a substantial story there it's not like great i'm not gonna rave about it or anything it's not i guess it's asking like what what's the story of pokemon oh you were <laughs> talking about pokemon kind of... not no, no 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 i i was saying i guess it's kind of like that like oh. the question is kind of the same where it's like it doesn't really matter yeah i guess not much of an answer it doesn't matter mm -hmm. until the team rocket stand-in sucks or like i don't know or all the pokemon look dumb yeah, yeah. I guess that's a good comparison. That there are some elements that need to be there and be done well, and this time they seem to have been doing those core elements quite a bit better story-wise. Um, I'm I'm pretty early on in the game, so I don't have all that much to say about it. But what is worth mentioning is that with all this money put into making these new versions, each version is like a full game's worth of content separate content, separate levels, you know, strategy experiences. But it just, it feels weird that to play all the content in this new Fire Emblem game, you have to spend $100, $40 for each version, and then $20 for a third DLC route that's like the true route. Yeah. I mean, 100 bucks. That's how much the game costs, if you want to see it all. Yeah. And I mean, it's not a battlefront where you're paying forty more dollars for a couple maps or weapons. It's story. Well, you know, don't get me to pay for it. <laughs> I was about to say. But like, I've been I've been playing like... that series though since I was in like third grade. Of course, I'm gonna buy it. Yeah. But I I guess it seems to be working. I it's checked. not like they need a new fan base. Well, it's, and if they know they their found current one. fan base is gonna pay they for found it, one. then yeah. This is the highest selling game in the series by like miles. Like it's blowing records away in the genre yeah. and on handhelds. It's really impressive. It's already like annihilated the sales of the last one, which was already the one that was annihilating the sales of the rest of the series in all history. So I guess this is how it's going to be <laughs> from now on. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> Not that it's not that I mind. Like those have always been some of my favorite games. And if they keep, they have an awareness of why people like the series in the first place. Clearly, because they made a whole version just for that, doing that stuff really well. So they at least have that in mind. That even if they're gonna go for these like really obscure long shot money schemes, <laughs> let's call it a scheme of releasing it on these different versions. But uh, yeah, at least they know. They know what people want. They know what the new casual fans want, and they know what the older fans want as well. Well, yeah, I, it, video games are weird because 
like with a movies are this way too, where if you compare them to books, for example, a lot of books are kind of priced on how much effort you think probably went into making the book. And I think games, games are kind of in that same zone now a little more than they were five years ago, where it's like, you still have these $20 releases and $40 releases and $60 releases. But then there's also the concept of like pricing a game to what you think the actual demand for it is. And you're inevitably going to piss people off, but can you really blame people for trying to price their game higher if they know people are going to pay for it anyway? It's, it's a weird, it's weird. (laughs) I, 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 I struggle to like be mad about it, but at the same time, if it happened to a series that I really liked and I was like, well, shit, I I didn't think I would have to be paying this much for this game, but I really want this game. Mm. Then that would be disappointing. So yeah, weird shit. Especially closing off like the third true story yeah behind to a dlc that dlc paywall that's thing. like uh what, what i think mass effect 3 where they had like the really really major story thing about prometheans or something like that uh and it was dlc or it was like pre-ordered mission or something like that oh where the, um, were like, the pro this is what are the, the proteans is that what they're whatever called? yeah uh i said protean protean yeah, yeah the protean javik i think was his name yeah and it was like a huge deal and it was like they, they, I, I forgot if it was DLC or if it was some kind of bonus. It was thing. like an on disc day one that DLC was it, on disc, yeah. That you had to unlock with a purchase. People were not happy about that, which is t- totally understandable. Um, God, they fucked up with that game. It's, yeah. it's easy to forget how, like, that took up a whole year of video game outrage on the internet. Just like people were so pissed off about Mass Effect 3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where uh, Mr. Beak Tongue got his start. He's complaining about Mass Effect 3. There you go. Careers were made and careers were lost. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, do you have anything else? Uh, that's Yeah, that's about it, video game-wise. Um, I've been watching the new Better Call Saul episodes. They're good. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen them. I'm wondering if I should wait until they're all uh, done before I... Here's a question. When I legally acquired my episode mm-hmm. of Better Call Saul, it had a title card at the start, Netflix. And then it also said a Netflix original on season two. So is what what's up with that? I, <laughs> is hold it on, on, I'm pulling up is Netflix season two right now. on Netflix? Is it releasing new episodes? I haven't on heard there? anything about that. By the way, when does the new House of Cards start? That's like this week or something. March fourth. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> Midnight. Um <clears throat> Uh, I don't see even Better Call Saul on the front page or anything, so I don't know. That's, I don't know what that's it is, weird. but it even said, like, after it showed the boom Netflix logo, it, it did the, um, a Netflix original series in, like, the title card style of Better Call Saul. That's weird. And I very much doubt that the legal, uh, distributor of online content that I obtained this from would go to those links to falsify a Netflix thing. Well, so I don't remember. I don't remember know. when you would legally acquire music and people would put would put sound bites at the beginning of each song. That was like you're listening to something by something, and it's a they would put like the name of their. their but that's not what the it username was. or whatever. It was the official Netflix yeah. thing, and then it said a Netflix original series. I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. I don't think it's on Netflix though. The first season is. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's a foreign Netflix. I don't know. That would be interesting. Maybe it is. Maybe it's like someone was watching it in Portugal or something, and and that and it's coming out on Netflix there. Because I know that like each country's Netflix is different. Well, anyway, uh, video game news. Let's talk about it. Okay, this time there's haps, and boy, I like one of these haps. But I think I might sit on that hat in favor of some other hats, if you know what I'm sure. hopping. Let's talk about Slashy Souls. Slashy Souls. Uh, uh, this <laughs> I saw a lot of people pissed off about this, like unjustifiably really, really pissed off about this. And I can understand like kind of going at it and kind of looking at it and kind of going, oh, well, that's stupid and kind of being annoyed by it. But uh, apparently... Whoever owns the Bankai Namco, I guess, is is still Dark Souls, right? Um, doing Dark Souls three. Well, they don't own it, but 
yeah, they have the rights publishing to distribute it, it outside um, of Japan. Anyway, whoever's the publisher has yeah, decided to make a uh, 2D uh, side-scrolling endless runner kind of thing based on the Dark Souls universe, I guess, called Slashy Souls. And you run at wow, you run around really? and you look like the you look like the main character or not the main character you look like the box character from Dark Souls two. The and oh you run around. God. What was the yeah, name of that armor? I don't know, but oh, you run you you run to the right and you hack at zombies and skeletons and every once in a while a boss shows up like Nero or something and he he requires a lot of hacks to to kill and then you move on. Uh, it it looks real dumb. It looks really low budget. Like the animations are super simple, beyond the point of being stylistic. Uh, but I don't know why people are pissed off about it, especially because like if it if it were if it were more focused on Dark Souls One, I would understand because people have such a passionate love for that game. But it looks like most of it is based on Dark Souls Two. Like the background is that Dark well, Souls Two castle and everything. You know, and uh, if there's gonna be significant overlap with shitty mobile cash grab games i'm just saying dark souls 2 seems dark souls 2 already yeah I mean, dark souls mark. 2 already shit on the souls series <laughs> you know i there's mean that's much as in, i enjoy dark souls 2 there's nothing in dark souls 2 to bastardize it's not like oh my god look at what yeah. they did to dark souls 2 now i'll never yeah. look at it the same way again. not that even if and, they did it to dark souls 1 it would matter but like there would be that slight bit of cringe factor that if you saw like a, a mobile game version of Ornstein and Smo dropping down yeah and, you and there might be that like there's gold. I know there's some Dark Souls 1 bosses in there okay they they, but, they will probably be in there then because they're the most popular yeah. but like uh, <laughs> it's just like a quick cash grab thing and it just doesn't look like it's it's I don't know how this is ruining Dark Souls in any way. It looks like, like not... a kind of like a fan fiction thing where it's just like, oh, here's a little spin-off that's stupid and fun and whatever. I don't know. I just I just thought I'd mention it because people were in such a fuss about it. Uh I I meant to download it and try it. If it's like a dollar, I I would buy that just just out of curiosity. Well, it's and probably like not going to Twitter... be a dollar. It's probably going to be free and then you got to pay to It probably is free. You probably pay for weapons and shit. Yep. Um but I wanted to try it out of curiosity, and someone someone uh, messaged me and said, after I was talking about it on Twitter, someone messaged me and said, uh, well, they're not going to make any money on it because nobody wants to pe- play this. They want to play the real Dark Souls or something like that. And it's like, pe- they would they will probably make their money back. It looks so low budget that they'll probably make their money back yeah. on, on curios- curiosity alone, where people are like pissed off on it and say, I want to <laughs> see what this is. Uh, those just, things are, don't are cost a lot, a lot of people to people mad about this or something? Is yes, it... I saw people okay. saying like ridiculously overblown things about it. I just saw a ton of people annoyed about Who it. Cares? It was, it was, yeah, it was blowing my mind. Like, in um, what world does this negatively impact Dark Souls or you? Especially in a world where Dark Souls Two exists, I'm just saying. And it even says a mobile video game based off of Dark Souls Two. Oh, does it say trailer. Dark Souls Two? Yeah. In the, yeah so, okay. There you go. Um, yeah, whatever. Fuck it. Uh, Dark Souls I don't, 3... Again, I, it's kind of weird to leave it that way. It really isn't about it being based on Dark Souls 2 that makes it okay. It's it's just a it's a mobile game. It has nothing to do with the regular games. Just they're making it. They're going to make some money. They're still yeah. going to make money from the fans who don't want to buy that and want to buy the real games. Whatever. Who cares? It's like getting mad you at shouldn't. Lego Star Wars characters because they're exactly. not taking Star Wars seriously enough. Yeah, Batman is um, ruined now because it's a Lego. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dark Souls 3. I don't know if I even want to talk about this because I've been purposely avoiding information. I've been avoiding um, it too, but I saw from Twitter that Vadi Vidya is uploading like a full Let's Play of it. Yeah, he's got like a shit ton of... before it's out. Yeah. Um, which sucks. I don't know why they're letting people do that. Uh, there, there's like multiple outlets I think that are getting like a ton of access to it. Um, and I, I, he, him in particular, it seems like he's got a, he's, he's being allowed to upload videos of like a shit ton of the, of the content of the game. So that's weird to me. Like, cause, cause those games are so much about exploring and finding oh, yeah. out everything. It's so weird that, that their marketing strategy would involve just Even like, the oh, little here's stuff. the game. The little stuff. Like yeah. there's a, I don't know, this stat works differently now. Or those things are fun to find and find out. 
not I'm not like a total purist. It's not like you don't get the experience if you've ever seen a, a shred of content about it before release. But when a trailer becomes uh, uninterrupted let's play, then maybe these games aren't for you. <laughs> it's just weird. Yeah. Um... Uh, but I guess yeah. I guess just most people, or maybe not most. I don't even know if we can make any statements about most or what's common, but seems like a lot of people just approach these games differently than we do. Yeah, or, or at least maybe they're just indifferent enough that they're so. just kind of like, they're just kind of like, oh, look, videos of Dark Souls 3. I'm looking forward to that game. Like, they're not really big fans that are going to be like, well, I don't know if I want to spoil the whole first part of the game for myself. Um, or they're so, you know, some people can't handle the anticipation and they feel like they have to absorb everything about it. Um, because, yeah, well, I, was that I, way I don't know, though. MGS5, but, but that's different because at least at the time, I, f- I thought that Kojima had some sense and was yeah, MGS5 revealing was stuff being, on purpose. Yeah, MGS5, the the way that that game was being... I remember we talked about one of the trailers that didn't seem like... Where it definitely yeah, wasn't a Konami Kojima trailer. edit. And you were like, it seems like it's giving away a lot more than he would. Because um, that was the kind of angle that you were looking at it from where it's like you're examining the actual marketing strategy of holding that, holding back contact content and trying to figure out where the, where the blanks... Mm-hmm. are that you should fill in um and in this case it's just like no here's the game um so i don't know i vadi poor vadi i actually i <laughs> like vadi i like the videos that he made especially like when he got popular on the dark souls one stuff but he started doing this with dark souls 2 where they like reached out to him and yeah. started giving him special access and stuff. A promoter. yeah and he was just like so fakely optimistic about dark souls 2 and and it, it just wasn't like Dark Souls Two, especially for his particular interest in that series, or what it would seem to be, which is like the war yeah. and everything. Dark Souls Two was the opposite of exactly. what he wanted out of a Dark Souls game. But he has to and act so like that, it's not. That was so weird because yeah. his channel is a Souls game lore channel. So when <laughs> Dark Souls Two is out, he's got to talk about Dark Souls Two. He has to. He has to talk yeah. about all the great lore of the tower that becomes a big lava castle when you get to the top. Um, yeah. And so this must be a big <laughs> windfall for him, though, because I can imagine that for these months, between, or I guess over a year now, between Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls 3, it's just been Bloodborne. And there's a lot yeah. you can do with Bloodborne. Bloodborne's great. And he's, he's, he's done some, some interesting stuff with has, it. Yeah. But none of it is as popular as his Dark Souls stuff because it's no. a PS4 exclusive. Yeah. And a lot of his audience in particular, which is like a V-going crowd, is more into, you know, playing games on their computers. So yeah. it's probably been tough for him <laughs> making content. He's, uh, yeah. I can't imagine, he, like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not trying to make assumptions or say Vadi Vidya's life is so hard or anything, but it must be difficult to know that your, peep, your peeps are subscribed to you for one thing, that this is your mm-hmm. livelihood. You need there to be a quality Souls game out that people care about to be able to get views. And it's, yeah. damn. You're, you're 100% relying on someone you have no control over putting out good content that yeah. fits your, what, yeah. you, what you do. Uh, he's kind of, because of the way he got popular and the way that he hadn't diversified his channel... Yeah, he's stuck. He's stuck in a rut uh, when it comes to that. And I, I mean, I mean, usually with YouTubers like that, where where they start out as a specialty with like, oh, I only do a certain kind of video. Usually, they find a way to kind of get out of that, yeah. and people remain fans because they like they like the YouTuber as a person and what they do, regardless of of, of what kind of thing it is. But but they're gonna get every, inevitably they get a ton of flack from people who are saying, well, I, I like the other kind of thing, like Red Letter Media. Like they got popular on their Star Wars reviews, the Plinkett Star Wars reviews, and now they're doing a lot of half in the bag and and stuff like that. And a lot of people, I still see I if you go to the comments of any half in the bag video, bag. release your next Plinkett video, release your next Plinkett video. And like I understand that because I love those Plinkett videos, but you know they have to make a living. <laughs> well, they have to make a living, and they found a way to do it while keeping people happy. I love half, half in the bag. Half in the bag's great. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And Vadi, it seems like he's the kind of. I don't know. They they call themselves uploaders, which kills me inside. 
Who calls themselves uploaders? Dark Souls YouTubers? uploaders. Specifically, the Dark Souls they community. They call themselves uploaders, <laughs> which it, it like I don't know if it's still in vogue, but at least it's it's so soulless. It it's like I just have this and I'm I'm uploading it, and uh, there's oh, no creation man. involved in the process. I mean, I know a stigma comes with like all these internet things. Like I'm a YouTuber, I'm a Tumblr, I'm a Redditor, or whatever. <laughs> but uploader <laughs> never willingly call yourself an uploader yeah that's that's uh, like that's rough a spam channel <laughs> uploads you should there's a uh there's a really really good youtube video but i don't know i shouldn't i shouldn't overhype it it's like a really simple thing but it, it was hilarious to me and i think it's just called the dark souls community oh god uh, and you should you should you should search the Dark Souls community after the podcast. Don't search it during the podcast. Please keep paying attention to us. But uh, it is a uh, <laughs> it is a comp- compilation of Dark Souls YouTubers, and it, it's pretty good. Um, they they're a special community. Let me tell you. I, I used to make fun of like Dark Souls fans before I played the game, but at least now I understand it. Like I understand mm-hmm. the passion, but like still, <laughs> I, I can't stand the PvP videos i i mean i get it i get it, it, it it's become a thing yeah, whatever but i don't know there's something about that that is so unappealing on just a, yeah. a social level <laughs> like, but there's so much other there's so much other bullshit on the on youtube true. especially around video games that like that's not anywhere even near the worst yeah, of it yeah but dark souls is kind of it's Dark Souls community's fun because they they take a certain pride in them playing a, a game that doesn't hold your hand. The best game ever and the hardest it, game ever. But it's not like they're literally saying, oh, fuck casuals, I'm a hardcore gamer god. But there definitely yeah. is that feeling like, oh, well, I'm enjoying a fine wine here. And not, yeah, well, not one of the best ways to build level. one of the best ways to build camaraderie is a shared challenge. A ser- you know, a uh, getting through. <laughs> well, I was I was putting a positive <laughs> light on it, but you know, go, getting through something difficult together is like is something that brings people together. And uh, and Dark Souls, it, it's not the hardest game in the world. It's not the anyone can get through Dark Souls if they if they're willing to dedicate themselves to it if they have the uh, determination. But um, it's it's still a challenge, and it's still something that like feels like an adventure. And when you're finally through, you feel like you've entered the club, you know. And so I I get it, you know. I, I understand why it happened, and 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 I feel it to a certain extent. Even though I played the game Dark Souls one years after it came out, uh, you still like that shared experience. For some reason, the way that Dark Souls does that feels uh, it, it it's more it's the that feeling is more pronounced than with with most other games uh yeah it's 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 unique it's part of what i I like about the game so much is like especially playing those games when they first come out and discovering things with everyone else is like you don't get that with a lot of other games um at least not 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 with that kind of uh it's just it doesn't reach that same level of 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 that feeling so it's cool yeah but but yeah it also it also means the, the fan base is kind of shitty Yep. Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Dark Souls 3. I am just unplugging from. I don't really have expectations about it. Me either. I, I really don't know what to expect. I know that it's going to be more like Dark Souls 1 probably than 2, maybe. Definitely but more even like that's Bloodborne. not for sure. But not, yeah, definitely different from Bloodborne. And, uh, and I've heard good things, but I haven't heard very much at all. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm pumped. Okay. Um, well, I'm pumped for something also. <laughs> and this the is something I've been pumped it. since they revealed it in a Japanese Nintendo Direct over a year ago. Mm-hmm. I think it's over a year ago. But they did a Nintendo Direct a while ago where they showed a bunch of like Super Smash Brothers stuff, and they did an English and a Japanese one, and they were identical, except at the end of the Japanese one, they showed a trailer for a new Rhythm Heaven game for the 3DS. And no word, no word for a year. 
and I was starting to give up hope. I really thought that Rhythm Heaven wasn't coming to the U.S. on 3DS, and thank God I was wrong. Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix coming to 3DS, United States, these United States, this great country that uh, Trump will lead to a rhythmic future. Thank you, Trump. Thank you, Trump and Jim Sterling. Jim Sterling for VP. What are the details? You heard about this before me. Um, I don't know the details, and so I don't want to get like I don't want to get your hopes up in case it's not uh, in case it doesn't include all the new stuff that that was announced for the Japanese audience. But I know that it's a compilation of the best of Rhythm Heaven, and that. Uh, but it's I, fine with me. I imagine, yeah, I imagine it also includes new stuff, but I don't know because a lot of it would just be be able to take Rhythm Heaven Fever games on the go. Like, yeah, because Rhythm Heaven Fever is the best in the series, I think. Yeah. Um, if my background with this series is relatively recent, but I've like plowed through it. Um, You've definitely plowed through it. I saw I saw your video of the you completed like gold on literally everything in that game. Yeah, which yeah, is not gold. Perfect. Whatever. Perfect on everything. <laughs> yeah. Every one of the games. The Oof. the GBA Rhythm Tengoku. The Nintendo DS Rhythm Heaven and uh, the Wii Rhythm Heaven Fever, and so yeah, I'm I'm really really into Rhythm Heaven. I didn't mention this about Mother Three. This will be real quick. There's a rhythm-based combat system. No, uh, oh. Mother Two Earthbound was a kind of boring combat system. Really, you're just picking stuff from a menu like an RPG, and it works. Yeah. And the battles are fun and. But it's still pretty basic. Mother 3, if you're going to do a basic attack, like if you're not using one of your abilities, then there's a rhythm to it that if you keep mashing the attack button, you'll rack up more damage. It's completely optional. It's it's balanced just to the point where it is optional. You can definitely finish the game. It won't be a significant problem for you if you don't do that. But it's going to be a lot easier if you nail the rhythm part of the battles. Each enemy has a heartbeat. That if you put them to sleep, you can listen to their heartbeat and figure out at which which part of the song their heart is gonna huh. is gonna beat, and then you you time your attacks to that. It's really interesting, and it's that is it's cool. done That's a awesome. lot to just energize the flow of the game. Enemies aren't just like time sinks in between stuff you want to do. They're actually yeah. fun now. Anyway, that's my other thing. Yeah, because that's my main criticism of like old school RPGs, especially. Uh, is that the the actual fighting very quickly becomes an annoyance rather than anything interesting, mm-hmm. and especially in games like Pokemon and stuff, where like you've got these random encounters, and and if you're if you have a goal in mind, then it's just like oh shit, there's another another fight, another fight, and then they're not actually very interesting because you're doing the same sequence of events over and over. So having any kind of yeah rhythm or skill based kind of uh, yeah. thing, even even if it's just a bonus damage or whatever, it's part of that, what makes that's... Undertale's system fun yeah is that you're not just picking stuff from a menu you're doing active things in combat i mean undertale had the advantage of yeah and undertale also had the advantage of even the random encounters tended to be completely new yeah uh enemies with with basically it was just a completely new experience every time so that that's what i hated about trying to get through the uh the the genocide run was getting through all those over and over and just doing the same thing. I I, I get that that was the point, but anyway, we've been over that. Yes. <laughs> no, no need to go back, dive back into that rabbit hole. One, um, one last thing. I will say that you being reluctant to deal with old RPG bullshit will be mm-hmm. happy to know that mother three is one of the most streamlined RPGs I've ever played that it's oh. so fast there's a run feature now. Um, it's it's a really fast moving, satisfying game. That if the the slow relics of RPG times past could get you down on something like Earthbound, Mother Three has eliminated literally all of it. It's it's a remarkably oh, polished worth, game. That could be worth checking out then. Um, so I, I don't I would like to see that uh, for sure. Okay. Glad I promise, hear. that's it. <laughs> Rhythm Heaven, right. though. I don't know when it's coming out, yeah. but I cannot wait. That's exciting. Uh, you've I, played I love Rhythm Heaven. some of Fever, right? I played Rhythm... I've played most of Rhythm Tengoku and some of Fever. I'd say maybe half of Fever. Mm. 
Um, I like those games a lot. I just don't own any of the consoles that play them. <laughs> I didn't at I'm first either. Get, I'm probably going to get a 3DS. I emulated. Uh, I'm going to get like a used 3DS in some games or something. I emulated Rhythm Heaven Fever at first. Yeah. And I yeah. loved it so much that I just had to go and get an actual copy of it. And I, I went through the procedure of like turning the save file on my computer into an actual save that could be read on a Wii. Oh, wow. And <laughs> get, just picked up exactly where I left off. And perfected the fuck. I can't talk. Perfected the game on an actual console, which was kind of satisfying to actually do it for real on the original thing. Anyway. 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 More news. Anyway, cast. Um, What's up? Rock Band. (laughs) So Rock Band Four has been out for I want to say a few weeks, maybe a little, maybe longer than that. I don't really know because there's not been very much buzz around it because it hasn't done super well. Uh, there's some issues with it that there's Rock some issues like with the on game. Consoles? At, yeah, it's been months. Um, I guess it's been months. I don't know. There's been some issues with it, and uh, people are not too happy with it. I don't know all the details. Uh, I know that there's stuff like it won't let you cross save and between consoles and stuff. If you uh, anyway, like if you buy a game, if you buy music and then you buy the game for another console, which this doesn't apply to a lot of people, but still, like you had to, you'd have to buy the music all over again. And the reason I bring that up is because they've announced it for the PC, uh, or they haven't announced it for the PC. They've announced the Kickstarter for the PC the version. The fig. They figged it. They've partnered up with our favorite Tim. They Tim whatever. And. Uh, and they want $1.5 million mm. to port the game to the PC, which seems steep. Uh, <laughs> Quite. And, uh, Especially and also ridiculous. this was supposed to be the generation where, oh, they all use x86 architectures. It's going to yeah. be easy to make ports. Exactly. Uh, and, and people are really pissed because it's like, well, you haven't even really fixed all the issues on the consoles yet. And now you're porting it to the PC, so that's not too great. But then they say, oh, well, we've got a third-party developer porting it to the PC if the Kickstarter gets through. Whatever, you know. It's just a it's just a real mess and, and kind of terrible PR. And also comes across as pretty desperate. Yeah. Like, oh, our game hasn't sold very well. Please donate <laughs> so that we can put it on PC. It's just, ugh. Uh, I feel kind of bad for them because I feel like... I, I feel kind of bad for them, but not too bad. I don't. Because I, I don't. I don't know if the genre's dead forever, like that whole music band genre, uh, or if when they tried to revitalize it, if they just didn't make a good enough game to really catch people. Because I remember, I remember my coworkers talking about Rock Band coming out again. They said like coworkers that don't play any games, that would never play any games, like older coworkers saying, "Oh yeah, I heard Rock Band Four, or, or there's going to be a new Rock Band." game coming out and it's like a big deal because that was such a huge mainstream thing 10 years ago and uh and and then it just fell flat on his face like i don't know anyone who got rock band yeah the only one i know the only one i know of who has rock band 4 this is no of is rocco from mega 64 no (laughs) one else i know has touched the new rock band yeah i played the uh wait was that I think it might have been Guitar Hero Live. Whatever. It all is like the same to me now. But... Yeah, Guitar Hero with the live action uh, video behind it, which I think was received better than Rock Band, but still didn't do too well. You know, uh, this is a little bit of like a, I don't know what you'd call it, a tangent about crowdfunding, but something about seeing this one, I've never been into crowdfunding, I think the only thing I've ever kickstarted is ukulele. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been super down on it or into it. But now, maybe it's just a time thing of seeing so many kickstarters, but it's just so transparent what it is, and it's not like a good idea well, it's when... in general for consumers. Like it's yeah. a, It's a very low-risk way for companies to produce stuff and all the risk is assumed by enthusiastic fans who just have, you know, they put in a couple, a couple bucks and a little piece of their heart. And that's what's at stake with kickstarted projects. It's not like a 
line on a balance sheet. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I've talked at length about my thoughts on it, but bottom line, I agree with you 100% that it's just an offloading of risk. And uh, and that you have to be kind of stupid to kickstart anything that you're not that you're not either you have to either be one or both of these things you have to either be one hundred percent confident in the developer that they'll make something good that you'll enjoy and they'll make it in a reasonable amount of time uh, under the money with the amount of money that you give them or you have to be so in love with the person making it or that you just want to help you. or so indebted to them that you feel like you want to give them money regardless, even if there was no game. That's why right, the like, only thing that I've kickstarted is uh, is that Outer Wilds, the first one that, that the first game that was on Fig. I I gave it ten dollars because I was like, I played that. That was a free student project that you could download, and I played it, and it blew my fucking mind. You should download and play Outer Wilds. I don't know if it's been updated yet or whatever, but I, I haven't touched it since I first played it. But I. That game was awesome. I loved it. It was so cool. It was so different, so interesting, and I didn't pay anything for it. So I was totally fine giving them ten dollars. You know, to it will, even if that game never comes out in a full capacity, whatever. I I paid ten dollars for the original game in my own mind. Um, so yeah, that and, yeah, and that's a case that's totally of, justifiable. Yeah, and that's a case of like a small developer who likely doesn't have any money to spend, uh, and and it would be hard to find a publisher for such a weird game that that it's hard to see what the appeal would be to a wide audience. Yep, that's exactly what Kickstarter and Fig are for. Exactly. It's not then, for this huge company yeah. in Rock Band 4. We need money to make a port to a different platform. Like, Yeah, that's, that's, that's scummy. It, it's the same thing with the... Uh, it's even worse than the when the, 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 the E3 announcement that they were going to make the... Uh, the third um, Shenmue? Shenmue game, yeah. Which that was like, okay, you know they have the money that they'd be able to publish this in an official capacity, but, but at least with that game, it's like, well, we don't actually know how many people would buy this. It's kind of a weird thing that we're not really sure about. In this case, it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, hey, we didn't make enough money on Rock Band 4, so maybe we can make some money on the PC, but and the nobody will pay is- us. So please, please give us money. The sad thing is I might actually want to play Rock Band on PC. Yeah, maybe. But I'm never going to kickstart it. No. And I hope it fails. I'm not sure what it's at right now, but it's got a month to get to a million and a half. And I I don't think that that you say that, that you want Rock Band on PC to fail. Why are we? It's kind of sad. Because, because it needs to fail for the sake of video game consumers in the future so that it doesn't set a precedent of this shit working and other companies doing it in the future. That's that's why I want it to fail. And it is kind of sad, but like it's some yeah. Like this is something where if you did a cost benefit analysis on whether like the company itself should invest in a PC port, you could probably say, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. I think just like with a regular analysis of the market you could figure out that there is interest i don't think it's Maybe. something like sh- like a forgotten story like shenmue where are people still are their hearts still in you've got data from the sales on ps4 and xbox you've probably got some way to feel out interest on pc but well, you mean, know this is so it just a it, way to offload risk they don't need yeah. to do this but i think it's even more cynical than that because you say that that they probably could make money on it on the PC, but I'm not sure they could because I don't think they sold very well on the consoles and the PC, most, most PC players are these people who like us who, you know, use a mouse and keyboard and we sit at our desk and play. We're not inviting our friends over to play instruments with us and do it on the monitor. Now, plenty of people have their PC hooked up to the TV and and are in a situation where they might want to do that, but it's not a big demographic. I can't imagine. I see it working online really well. Like I, yeah, that would make a lot of sense on PC. I mean, especially would, when you don't need interested. a guitar controller. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, but it's it's not the first in what's now been a pretty promising line of like console exclusive games getting ported to PC years later and doing very well. Um, yeah, the most recent example that did well i can think of is dragon's dogma which sure. yeah very I well had no interest as far in as i can I tell it. 
I've some of it. I, you know, not super into it, but it was cool. I was glad yeah. that it came to PC and I got to play it. And yeah. I would normally buy Rock Band 4 on PC. I don't know if I will. It's, yeah, it, it, it's weird because of the genre that it's in and how you think of that game as more of a couch, not even couch, but so. like a living room game. Uh, but whatever, I I guess it doesn't matter if people want to give their money to it and get it on the PC, go for it. But all, but the, anyway, the reason that I brought up at the very beginning 15 minutes ago <laughs> that uh, that it doesn't have cross-safe compatibility is because if you do have it on the console and you want to get it on the PC, uh, you can't port your music list over. And, you know, that game relies a lot on buying extra music packs and stuff. And you can't do that, which is inconceivable to me. Like, that they don't have some support for that functionality is crazy. Uh, and that they're already announcing that they don't have support for that functionality before, I assume, they've even begun development on the PC What are port. they going to do? Like, that seems like a legitimate technical problem that you could throw some money at. Yeah. Yeah. That, that like, okay, we need to f- solve this problem. We need probably still not a, a $1.5 million to solve that problem. But like, yeah, that that's something that they should be prioritizing in my mind. Cause you know, I, there probably are a lot of people who might, who might buy it for the PC after having it on the console for whatever reason. Um, but they're definitely not going to do that if they can't port their music over and they have to rebuy all the music they want. That's, that's ridiculous. So but yeah. at least we have Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix. Yes, the better, the better rhythm game, the best rhythm game. I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm so excited, actually. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. I I I, I want to just like I want to spend the least amount of money possible and get a get a 3ds and some of the games that I've missed out on in the yeah, past definitely like, decade. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm still using. I got a, a 3ds, just the regular Nintendo 3ds, close to when it came out. And I'm still using the same one. It works perfectly. Yeah. Uh, no problems at all. You can probably get one of those super cheap. Yeah, definitely. So, looking forward to that. Um, all right. Looks like it's <laughs> coming out later this year, 2016. Okay. That's nice. I'm glad it's not a 2017 release. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. One more right. hap. One more hap. This is a this is a dud of a hap. Yeah. So on the <laughs> dock. I wrote Far Cry Primal parentheses sarcastic shrug emoticon. Yeah, because Far Cry Primal came out. Did you know that? I Oof. didn't know that. I had to. I have some. I else do tell know me that. that. I do know that. Uh, I've forgotten completely about it, and then I saw a video of someone playing it, saying Far Cry Primal's out, and I looked at the video for maybe twenty minutes, and said, "Oh, I should talk about that on the podcast," and then forgot about it. Completely. It's Far Cry. It's Far Cry three four tribes yeah yeah it's far cry with less stuff in it <laughs> great <laughs> it looks so wanted. it looks so boring to me like there's some parts that i really like that look like fun like throwing a spear through someone's head but damn that game looks like it gets old fast i i, I think it's just a terrible idea from and we were saying this when, when they first announced it like how much can they do with this concept and the answer is not a lot yep you need some kind of like magic element or yeah, something you know what in you there. Need? To... You need one more year. You need to, you you need also to spend need one that. more year making the damn game. Because... Or you need to sell this for like $30 and it's an extension onto Far Cry 4. I think it's basically between... proven at this point now that it is not possible to make like unique quality open world games on an annual release cycle. It can't be done. No one has no one has ever done it successfully. The people are already burning out of Assassin's Creed. Ubisoft of all people has decided to make it not annual anymore. It took Call of Duty like more than a decade though to start to start losing people. And and even then it's still selling incredibly well. It's still one of the biggest gaming franchises. Yeah, Call so of Duty had the wherewithal to to start a three studio rotation. Yeah. Yeah, um, giving each time each game some time to cook, and, and they get... probably still do that with Far Cry and Assassin's Creed, that kind I of guess, thing. But but, but the, the difference is that Call of Duty, at least, each one it feels of the like Call they keep of them Duty more games, separate. They still have a little bit of personality, you could say. 
Like yeah, can, they keep the them, they, they keep feel different from the other ones. I mean, at this point, I think they're on three different engines. Yeah. Uh, so they're just completely working separately from each other, and they don't rely on each other to add features or, or continue the story or anything. They just tell completely different stories. From what I can tell, I don't still play Call of Duty. But yeah, I mean, that's how they, that's how they stay relatively fresh, but people are still getting burnt out on it. Um, and yeah, Assassin's Creed especially. Assassin's Creed's one of the worst one of the worst uh, offenders because it's just kind of the same thing over and over. And they're not really updating anything about the game. Like they kind of treat it like a sports franchise. Like here's mm-hmm. FIFA 16. We added, we added cheerleaders and cheerleaders to a FIFA game, but we added this tiny little feature and then, Oh, the ball physics are different. Trust us. It's different. I know you can't tell, but it's different. We've, we've, we've tweaked it. And and they sell it for $60 because people want an updated roster and they want the newest game. And Assassin's Creed isn't that way. Assassin's Creed, you have to make these kinds of games, especially single-player ones, you have to make them way different. Uh, Call of Duty also has something we didn't mention is that Call of Duty also has the advantage of being multiplayer. So everyone else is getting the new one. You have to get the new one too. Um, and yeah, that that's not something that these games have going for them. And so obviously it's that doesn't work. Unless, unless you make them wildly different, and I guess this one's wildly different, but it's not. <laughs> it's not different in a way that adds anything to the game. It really subtracts things from the game. So, ugh, yeah, shame on them. But it's not going to sell well. I can tell you that much. I haven't seen any buzz about it. It's. It's. I didn't even know it was coming out. Yeah. And yeah, I generally it's... stay abreast of these things. I am. I'm an. I'm abreast. Are you abreast? I'm. I'm abreast. Yeah. Well, I wasn't abreast of this because this was not on my breast. Yeah. Um. It's yeah. It's a dud. <laughs> a big turn. I loved Far Cry Three. Far Cry Three was great. Yeah, because it was something new. Yeah. <laughs> Far Cry One and Two and Three are way different, and they came out yeah. years years apart from each other. Far Cry they Two all sold well. It was kind of cool, even though it wasn't fun. Yeah. For I will defend Far Cry Two, but. But yeah, I the agree. fire was it, cool. It was. The malaria was annoying. It but could have been amazing if they had made some very minor changes yeah. to some of the basic gameplay elements, but they didn't. But still, Far Cry Two could have been great. Uh, there was something else. There was ah! Something else I wanted to mention. Looks like you. Oh God, what was it? Exploded. What was it? What was it here? Why don't we play twenty? I questions? remember. I remember. Uh, it, it was, uh, did you hear about the Dota, Dota drama? No. There's been some Dota drama. Is it Nash uh, fixing? No. Okay. Uh, it's far less significant than that. Um, <laughs> so they were having a tournament, uh, I want to say over the weekend, or maybe it was throughout the week on, um, well, I don't know if. I can find it, but they were having a tournament in, I think I want to say it was like Malaysia or Singapore or something like that. And they had a commentator who apparently, I forgot the guy's name. I'm the worst podcaster ever. I forgot the guy's name, but he apparently, uh, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that I don't sound like a complete idiot. Yeah. By now we've all, Become a custom V. This is esports journalism right here. We've all become a custom V Dota 2 drama. Blah blah. Shanghai Major. What's the deal? It's an offline thing? Yeah, I mean, it's just a tournament, and uh, what they. The problem was that the. The. The commentary and the the studio work, just like the the quality of the stream in general, was apparently awful, uh, like really, really, really bad. And apparently, the commentator was saying some inappropriate things. I don't know exactly what he said. Like nothing super super dramatic, but just kind of being in general a goof. And they fired him. Valve fired him, and the entire studio that was doing the stream I think in the middle of the tournament like there was still a day or two left of the tournament uh, and they just upright fired him I saw that the 
venue shut down, and the rest of the games are going to be finished online. Okay, so there you go. Um, they must have really... Wow. The commentator's 2GD. That's one of his nicknames, and his name's James something other. Anyway, the, the thing that makes it big news is that Gabe Newell himself went on to Reddit and said, uh, uh, yeah, James was an ass. <laughs> uh, we gave him a second chance, but we're, we're, we're not going to be working with him any longer. And, and he said, he said these words, he said, and while we're on the topic of firing people, we also let go of the entire staff doing the stream. Uh, so yeah, valve, uh, doesn't take shit. They, uh, <laughs> they were on it. Um, there's somebody asked crazy. in the thread. Um, hey Gabe, as long as you're firing people, can you also fire your entire support staff as well? Damn. Shit. Dota drama. Dota drama. But anyway, I thought it was kind of interesting because uh, one of the most... I didn't see a lot of discussion about this, but Gabe did a Q&A a few years ago. Maybe more than a few years ago. It might have been pretty old. Um, and it was some kind of business conference that he was doing a Q&A for. And... Uh, students and stuff were asking him questions about how to run the business and everything. And obviously he's a very good businessman as we know. Uh, and someone asked like a really simple question. I think it was something like, uh, if you could give one piece of advice for someone looking to start their own business and run their own business and grow it, what would it be? And his answer was be diligent about firing people. That was his. That was his most important piece of piece of advice, um, and I thought that was kind of interesting. And here, here's your evidence of that mindset. They just they they aren't satisfied with them, and they fired them. Um, way to do it. I guess that's the way to do it. But yeah, Dota. I haven't heard anything about Dota for like the past year until this. I don't mind that. I don't either. <laughs> okay. I wonder if MOBAs are losing popularity. Do you know? I hope so. It kind of seems like it. I, I'm not hearing people getting into it now who weren't. But then Gearbox before. is making that first-person shooter well, MOBA or whatever. Everybody's making a MOBA now because yeah. everybody started making World of Warcraft back yeah. in 2000. And none of them worked. Yeah, we might be in that stage. Who knows? Maybe. I think they'll be around. I just don't think there's going to be much change. Yeah, Dota and League of Legends will probably stick around, and nobody else will be able to touch them because that's how it works. Yep. Anyway. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Half hour late this week. Sorry about that. It was my fault. Also, sorry you had to become embroiled in a tale of pharmaceutical drama. That's also my fault. But at least the reason the podcast sucks is all because of Skippy being dumb Mm. and unpleasant Mm -hmm. as a person. Yeah. Good night.